0: I'm with Mr. E today, and we're going to go talk about Genesis 2 and then recap on some of the stuff that we talked about in Genesis 1 in our last video. So um, we're going to be introducing maybe some clips here and there, um, but we got a lot to talk about. So welcome, Mr. E. How are you?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Great. Thank you.
0: So, thank you for doing this um, podcast. And then I did get a lot of uh, good feedback from some of them, and one of the questions actually Uh, one of the viewers asked was why believe in this God versus there's so many gods out there. So I tried to best to answer that, but I'm not, I don't think maybe you can uh, help answer that better.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's a personal uh, question. You know what I mean? Like, so, so for me, like I have, I think the only way I can answer that is uh, my own experience or my own opinion. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So I would just encourage someone to uh, investigate all the gods out there all the quote-unquote gods and we're going to talk about the word god today because the it's the hebrew word elohim which in the singular means uh yahweh or in the plural it means divine beings and we're gonna you know we're gonna find out who the bible says these other gods really are we may i don't know if we'll talk about that today but some you know in the near future that comes up in the bible um pretty quickly and there are uh You know, there's plenty of different uh, religions and all that kind of stuff out there. And for me, personally, this is the one that seems true to me. I read the Bible. I've had, um, you know, experiences in my life where I believe God has reached out to me and I have a relationship with God. So, you know, when you have a relationship with somebody, you tend to believe they exist. (laughs) You know, I think my wife exists, you know, and why did I choose her out of all the uh, millions of women in the world? you know, to marry, but it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a personal question, and, uh, you know, I think God, God kind of chooses people as well. We choose God, but God chooses us, and... It uh, does
0: say that in the scripture, that you know, God chooses us, and but we just yeah. have a little bit of mustard seed of faith, and then God takes uh, control after that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if someone wants to go worship Zeus, go give it a try, see how it works right. out for <laughs> you, you know?
0: Yeah, I think mean, that's <laughs> exactly right. I mean, after a while, you're going to recognize what the truth is and that's part of you know showcasing all the uh the bible here is because we we can tell from what's going on in the real world how that matches up and we can capture yeah. a lot of it one for one where i think a lot of other religions uh um, the whole world isn't fighting against other religions it's only fighting against the god of the bible so that yeah kind of keep, keep
1: an open mind investigate the bible study it out make sure you uh read it before you burn it yeah you know and um you know and investigate the other ones as well and uh you know i i mean for me personally i think um what's the oh what's the term i just thought i just forgot it right now um you know and so i'm not trying to like beg people to believe in god what's the opposite of that where you uh you mean atheism um, no well yeah I, I used to be an atheist you know, and I've uh, kind of looked into other things like Buddhism and all this kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I find the the Bible lays out the um, very, very amazing promises for us. And uh, once you understand the whole narrative of the Bible the, from start to finish, how it all works together, it's very logical. I wish someone would have sat down with me when I was younger and kind of explained Jesus a little bit, because they don't really explain it that much, you know, like in church and all this stuff, they just kind of you know, shout out his name all the time, and you're like, "Well, what's what's the deal? You know, who's go? What's going on here?" Like, the, like for me, in my mind, I need things kind of explained, and uh, we do need this Old Testament uh, background, I think, to really understand who Jesus yeah. is and why we need Jesus, and not just some other, uh, or even some people ch- kind of choose God without Jesus, but you can't really have it that way either, and uh, you know, and it, it's that exclusive claim that uh, the Bible makes on salvation that people don't like. People want a Burger King type salvation, you know, have it your way. Believe whatever you want and just be a good person and everything will be fine.
0: Yeah, the Bible mentions a narrow path is the way to God. The wide of the path, the way to destruction. Genesis actually is the whole foundation of understanding the rest of the Bible. So I kind of Mm. feel like it's God's rainbow from Genesis. It kind of has... A little bit of plot building in the middle, and then at the very end is the ending of all of our story and humanity and what happens uh, to the wicked. Uh, so, let's just start with Genesis
1: 2. So, Genesis 1 was the creation of the heavens and the earth, right? The creations of the heaven and the earth kind of setting the stage. And now we get the characters on the stage, on the world stage. We have the uh, the generation. In fact, we're at verse 4 really is really where we're starting uh, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth. so so chapter one was the creation of the heavens and the earth and then chapter two verse four begins the generations, the people. that's wh- generation, that's where we get the word seed in Greek, but you know genetic, right? All kinds of words uh, come from this word generation. It's life. you know this is the life, the the and especially the story of uh, human beings. And God's uh, kingdom, really, as we'll find out that uh, human beings are supposed to be part of a, a kingdom. And there's yes. an opposing but, kingdom fighting against us.
0: And this goes into more detail of what was already laid out in chapter one. And there's a, a lot, lot more
1: detail yeah,
0: happening in chapter one that we didn't really touch too much. It, it's got so much uh, information embedded in chapter one that it could literally take a couple more podcasts to go over it. But this is now the expansion of what already uh, God said that, um, was it day six that he created man, right? and just Yeah. Him. And then uh, one of the things that uh, I wanted to note that while he established like the evening and the morning for each day, in day seven, there's no mention of that. So maybe uh, I, I want to pick up from actually from the beginning because it just says... Uh, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them and on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done and rested on the seventh day from his work that he had done so he blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation so here he's not even talking about any sort of uh, morning or evening or he's just saying the seventh day the entire day he made it holy and the other thing that I wanted to point out was that what you said in your last um explanation about how the evening and the morning is not you know how the judaism takes that as the start of the day i do agree with you that god did all the work during the day and then rested at night so it it didn't make any sense to why would you start sabbath in the evening and then let it continue on through the whole night because that just seemed like it would be kind of cheating god in a way you know like there's a day and there's a night so that was one of the things that i wanted to point out um
1: yeah, there's a lot of Judaizers out there these days, you know, um, yeah. and kind of you know, they they don't they're not Jewish necessarily, and they don't say they're Judaizers, but they uh, they are actually, I think, and and they may have good intentions, they might not realize they are, but uh, they're you know, and that that's a that's a foundational one, it, you know, anyone who says the Sabbath begins Friday evening is uh, whether they intend to or not they're kind of uh you know they've been Judaized. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're a Judaizer i mean it's, that's it's uh it's not even logical it doesn't make sense and it's not biblical
0: yeah so it's Babylonian you kind of, mysticism you kind of expose that lie you know that it really yeah is,
1: that's that how it. i see I, and i looked into it i I've, i looked into that quite a bit a few about five years ago i had to i had to search that out for myself. Because there was a lot of people saying that the Sabbath began uh, uh, Friday night. And, um, you know, the Bible clearly says it begins uh, in the morning of the seventh day. And that's, you know, you rest from work when you would would normally work. They didn't have electricity back then. You know, people worked in the daytime. So they rested on the Sabbath from work in the daytime. And at night, everybody sleeps anyway. So you're not going to consider that to be a Sabbath if you're sleeping Everyone right. ever sleeps in, at night.
0: In Exodus 28 through 11, it talks about that, which we can go over later. Yeah. But that actually does say in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is. And then rested on the seventh day where the God, Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So he's considering the seventh day as a Sabbath. Sabbath. Um, so let's talk about the creation now that we're finally into adam and eve story um so i'm going to read from verse four uh, there are generation of heavens and earth when they were created in the day the lord god made earth and the heavens so what does that imply with generation is that like a span of time or
1: no that's people that these are the people i believe the the, the human beings this is the story of humanity begins okay. here That's why we have a lot more detail of the creation because a lot of people will say, well, there's two. In fact, in high school, I was even taught, well, there's two different creations. Like they just found two random creation stories and glued them together and they uh, contradict each other. So this is, you know, we talked about last week, uh, Genesis 1, there's all these lies to try to discredit the Bible. So people can't even get past the first stage or the first page of the Bible or the first chapter without, you know, disbelieving it. And now in, the, in chapter 2, they've done the same thing. They say, oh, there's a contradiction in the creation stories, and they're just random myth. You know, people will say, oh, this is mythology. You know what I mean? You, like, what do you think about this? Have you ever uh, wondered, oh, is this a contradict Is chapter 2 contradict
0: I never because, thought it country because it always looked to me like he's just setting up in chapter one and then chapter two he goes yeah, into detail exactly. of chapter totally. But, That's
1: how I I've always seen it, but not everyone sees it that way.
0: Yeah. But I, I do understand like if you don't have that faith in the beginning or some way of like you're actually wanting to search out God. When I was a teenager and read this, the Adam and Eve story. I actually thought it was a fable myself.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I did, too, when I was younger. I just thought, no way. And, and I thought, I remember I came across, I met this girl, and she she believed it, literally. And I just thought, wow, she's just so so naive and and, and stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, at <laughs> and, least you believed it. I but now away. we find
1: out I was the one who was naive and stupid, because yeah. I was believing the uh, scientism evolution myth. I was believing mythology myself, given this to us by the Freemasons as a deception. So now is this going to go on YouTube? I can't talk too much, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I've been banned on them quite a bit now. Um, But it is true. They have like brainwashed the entire population thinking of this. Yeah,
1: as children, as children. I I was brainwashed and it was my pride. In fact, well... Yeah. And we'll see that in Genesis 3. We'll get, we'll get there soon enough. All that right, happens so over and over again.
0: <laughs> there are actually a lot of parallels, so we'll probably hit some of the same topics. When bush of the field and yet in the land and no small plant in the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, And the man became a living creature. So, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I was thinking, um, you know, a lot of people. I just because because of that thing in high school, I remember they were talking about how the uh, I think in chapter one, God created the vegetation before humanity, and then in here it says there is no vegetation. But what I think it is, and I talked about it last week, and I just thought about this like a couple months ago. How uh, it looks to me like there's seed in the ground. God created the seed first, because it says, why was there no vegetation? Because there was no rain. And it says it right there in in verse five. That's why there's no vegetation. It doesn't mean he hadn't created it yet. It just means it hadn't come out of the ground, which kind of means it's in the ground waiting to come up if it rains. Now, it is this thing about the mist. That's a bit uh, mysterious to me, a mist going up from the land and watering. So, there's water, it looks like, you know, it's a a little bit... uh, But this, you know, this is... This is an ancient creation story, and so I think it is a little bit uh, strange and mysterious. You know what I mean? It's like we're not going to fully well, he understand everything.
0: a whole lot, but I think, you know, knowing, because we're still in the first six days of creation at this point. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, we're kind of circling back. They circled yeah. back.
0: <laughs> so, like, the earth, you know, in the beginning, like, that is the beginning of the entire earth and the universe as he's established in chapter one. And so we already know that he created man in the sixth day and the vegetation. um, I don't remember the fourth, fifth day. There were also waters above and below at that Mm. point. So it could have, the mist could have just, could have came from anything because all that requires is just wind, right? Let's say the the ocean body of water. And then if he put forces of wind against it, then that would cause. Rain on the land but we don't know i don't think that really matters so much i think it all kind of established that this is still a very young earth because that's why he does all the genealogy later on to explain from adam so if we know that he's on day six and then he c- accounts for all his generations after that which i think it can lead to today to even figure out like how old not the Earth, but at least the humanity, because the Earth was already there, right?
1: Well, yeah, day six, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that's a whole that's a debate. people have tried to figure it out, and they get kind of like what is it like fifty seven hundred years or something fifty eight hundred years and but there may be some gaps in the genealogies. they use the uh, there's a certain way to kind of try to figure out when this happened, this creation. You know, they get pretty close to like 6,000 years, but um, there's different numbers. Like, it's hard to, it's really hard to do it exactly. And um, there's a question of, are there some, are we given all that information we need? But yeah, for me personally, I believe in a, you know, young earth, you know, I don't know if it's literally 6,000 years or so like that, but it's, uh, you know, it could be. I kind of lean towards that, We don't know the
0: exact year but i think from just interpreting how god has laid his finger on all of these things and telling us and later on you know it does there are more verses that kind of tie in to genesis 1 and 2 so he's i think he's telling Mm. us that it's a young earth like he's telling you from this many days i've created all this the seventh day is a rest that's the holy day and then you know the start of humanity from adam and eve and then he also tells you, like, he's the one who put the breath of life into Adam. Like, he came from dust, right? That's probably hard to believe since, you know, what do you create from dust? But apparently he created a whole human being from that. Yeah,
1: from matter, you know, whatever that really means. If it's literally the dirt from the ground, or is it, does it mean the physical matter you know, as opposed to what existed before the creation, I think the angels and uh, Satan probably they they existed, they were created before this world. Yeah. Before Genesis one, we're not really told actually really when they were created. We're not told much about that because um, we're human beings and we need we need to be we need this this is the story we need. You know, this is the information, and God's you know God left us a book right. And uh, this is probably written by Moses. And back then, everyone had a creation story, and so there were just like yeah, the question we started out with: why should we Why should we believe in this God? The people back then asked the same question, and that's one of the reasons the Bible exists: uh, is to tell us why we should believe in this God—not just that He exists, but to obey Him and be part of His kingdom. That's kind of a different element. Like even the even Satan believes God exists. You know,
0: (laughs) I also think he's kind of establishing Uh, the uniqueness of human beings and how they were formed. You know,
1: you know, the other creation stories, they have human beings as like created as uh, as slaves or as an afterthought or as a mistake, even. Whereas this one really shows that God loves human beings and were created in his image. You know, in the in the pagan mythologies, they the gods are the great ones, you know. And human beings are basically scum. <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, so there's a huge difference, a huge theological difference in the different creation stories, and there's some similarities as well. You know, they, uh, but theologically and also, um, wh- you know, wh- what are what is a human being that? The answer, to the the answer to those questions are very, very different.
0: Well, um, we know what we are now. We, especially with science explanations, of, we have complicated cells, DNA. There's a lot going on in the human body. Even now, they're trying to recreate life. Now uh, there were recent articles that they can use stem cells now to create embryos without a mother and a father. They can create blood from stem cells. They can do all kinds of stuff. Which is a whole nother story, but God already programmed a lot of, you know, information into our bodies. So like the dust, yeah, the minerals you could probably find similar minerals from dust and what we already have, but it's a lot more complicated than just saying dust, right? So it's like how did how was it? Yeah.
1: Need that. Um, well, we don't. Yeah, that's that's knowledge we're not really supposed to have because we can't handle that kind of knowledge, although they're getting that knowledge now and they're destroying the world with it. And and part of it is, yeah, we kind of know what we are now, maybe, but we forgot who we are.
0: Yeah, we're, that's for sure. we're
1: children of God. Yeah, we forgot our purpose, you know, who we are in relation to God. Why did God create us? Like we don't we kind of know the what, but we don't know the why. Or the or the who and all these other questions. The purpose of our lives is is actually laid out in Genesis and, and who we are as uh, as regents or as um as you know created in God's image, that means we have a role to play, we have a job to do.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean he didn't create everything just to like just to sit around and do nothing. Like it was all part of our <laughs> purpose to know him and then live in his image i always think you know like the the more corrupted you get you're the more of image of satan that you start to resemble versus like image Absolutely. of god is like the more you're in tune and in line with god the more of his image is reflected in us so it's like if all of us really were following god and you know loved him and sort of connected to him i wonder what life would have been like you know like we we would have like all the blessings that we would have had i mean they would have been flourishing and just our image alone like how we would have interacted with each, with each other that would have showed god's presence on earth rather than what we are used to seeing is like satan's image all over the place
1: exactly so i mean and it, that's it, genesis 3 yeah Explain well. I can't
0: that. wait to get through that chapter. There's actually so much out there you can <laughs> talk about Satan. I got like a ton of videos for that one. Um, so I'm gonna continue on eight. I think I'm gonna read a modern English version. Um, the Lord God planted a garden in the east in Eden, and then he placed man whom he had formed out of the ground. The Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, good for food, the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and along with the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the dreaded tree. So there's a lot going on in these two verses. So one, every tree, like everything he made was really good to look at and was made for food. But then he stuck this tree of knowledge of good and evil why did he do that and why do they even exist like that like you just think of plants and trees just okay they're just you know a garden but now these have specific tree of life and then the tree of knowledge of good and evil what are they all about
1: well back then i mean it just the normal trees it sounds like they would provide all the food we need like now we have to work and struggle to feed ourselves back then it was it was basically a utopia And in this Garden of Eden, it was kind of like a temple. A temple is where you can, uh, you know, walk around with God, basically, or have direct uh, communication with God. And um, so this was like a utopian paradise, uh, this Garden of Eden. And there was, you know... If we just see, if we just trust God, everything's provided for us. We don't, and then when we lose that, then we have to try to figure things out for ourselves. So, this I think the tree of life was um, basically if you eat from the tree of life, you'll be immortal. But you do have to eat from that tree of life in order to be immortal. I think that was the situation because we see the tree of life again in the at the very end of the Bible in Revelation. And we will be eating from the tree of life again, it sounds like, um, just off the top of my head without looking at the verses again. And then the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, it may have been a kind of a test, but I think this tree of knowledge of good and evil that we'll see in Genesis 3 again is um, you'll know what's right and wrong. And See, they were tempted to decide for themselves what was good and what was bad, and what they should do, and uh, without relying on God. It was almost like a coup d'état. They said, "Hey, we're not going to obey God anymore. We're going to figure things out for ourselves. We don't so need do you, God. We'll we'll figure it out." You know.
0: You think he had to put that tree in there just so they could have that free will to choose? Because it doesn't, like, they already have this utopia. Like you said, you know, they, they can get whatever they want. They didn't have to work for food. And they practically have immortality if they just ate from that tree. And there's no death of animals. There's no violence, no bloodshed, mm. nothing up yeah. until this point. And then all of a sudden there's these two trees, but one is kind of, like, enticing. Why even put that in there at all? Why couldn't? Well, there's, we- a,
1: there's a covenant... Um- I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with the covenants, and I think there is a covenant or, a, you know, there, there's like an agreement, you know, with or a, a way of life that Adam and Eve were supposed to do. And, and that's really the only commandment they're given.
0: Yeah, the very that, first that we're told about,
1: And they broke it. <laughs> yeah. So that's part of it is that God relates to people through these covenants as a king would, because he's a king. And we're the the citizens of the kingdom, and even we're supposed to be establishing his kingdom on earth. And as we go forward, we'll see what Adam's uh, job was and how, and maybe we can get, we'll talk more about that maybe in chapter three, because we'll see kind of how it plays out in the story and how they they failed, Adam and Eve failed to uh, do their job basically and and they're representative heads of humanity so the entire human race um but the
0: question that so many ask and i've seen this lots and lots of times where you said well why put that tree in there at all like why not just leave it where they could just hang out in the garden and be immortal and do whatever they were but to me it seems like a test Later.
1: well we're humans we're because i think the uh there was angels already created and they were told later on that they have this knowledge of good and evil as well they um they're able to know right from wrong it says later on now now they eat from the tree of good knowledge of good and evil they become like us so this is like divine d- divine knowledge um because you know god had to give us the ten commandments right and um but people still can't really follow it. People couldn't follow it. And uh, it's that kind of knowledge, right from wrong, what to do. God created the world, and he also created the uh, ethical way of life with it. But then people wanted to, we want to cho- be our own gods, basically. And I think that's the Genesis 3 temptation and right. deception is that we don't need to obey and trust. It's all about trust, really. We don't need to trust God anymore. We're on our own. Yeah, we have, have to figure out what's right and wrong. And that's that was the problem because we're not able to do that.
0: And it always amazes me that they were given everything, anything they could possibly want. They had it all in perfection, yeah. but they still chose what Satan offered. So we'll go through that in chapter three. But I think at this point, I mean, I'll, I'll accept that those two trees were there, but it's still, <laughs> I think the question remains for me is like, why put that in there like well because god already knew
1: that maybe to test he us have- um you know there is this this constant theme of testing throughout the bible even jesus was tempted by satan just like adam and eve will be tested by satan and i think i think this is part of uh being a human being that we have to kind of prove out our faith we have to be tested and that helps us uh you know it's just like a. T- I mean god if god's our father right And God, a good father will discipline their children and teach their children these kind of things. So we're not created as angels. I don't think Adam and Eve were angels. Some people do, especially uh, in a certain tribe that starts with J. (laughs) 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 I guess you can't say that word anymore. But, um, Um. you know. Uh, people, in fact, you know, as we said last week, people think Adam was an androgynous angel, in fact, Adam Cadmon, but we're human beings. We're different. We're a certain type of created being in the image of God, but we're a little lower than the angels. In fact, the Bible tells us later on, right? We're created a little lower than the angels
0: for now
2: you know
1: yeah. yeah so it's it's just it's just part of the uh it's part of this. I think we'll I think we'll think of some things as we continue to go especially Genesis 3 I th- I think we'll find the answer to these questions
0: Yeah Genesis 3 is pretty exciting so I can't wait for that one but I'm going to read the <laughs> 10 through 14 and this is just the establishment I think he's uh laying out these verses to tell us kind of where Garden of Eden was located uh, it, It's
1: so- you know it's laid out as history not yeah. as mythology not as mythology this is his- adam and eve were historical figures real people
0: entire old testament is very historical and even parts of the testament are historical too so it's yeah. definitely like you're learning from like the past that you can't really see in videos but god is laying that out because they're lying about everything so we know like okay if we had this the even just the the next four verses Kind of lays out like this was all around that Middle East area where some of the names don't even exist now. But Mm. having this record, then I think we could trace where that Garden of Eden might be. So I'm going to read that. Um, A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden and from it parted and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It encompassed the whole land of Halava and where there is gold. The gold that land is good, Belium and onyx stone are there, and the name of the second river is Gihon. It encompasses the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris, and it goes towards the east of Assyria, and the fourth river is Euphrates.
1: Look up the Garden of Eden and Google Maps. So
0: <laughs> Where would I, have you done that?
1: No, no. I don't think it shows up. I don't know. Uh,
0: no, it's. Yeah. I, actually, I don't think we can
1: go there now. I, I don't think it's on Earth anymore. Who knows? This is, you know, it's we kind of can kind of guess the general area
0: somewhere in the Middle East. But I was trying to because when I looked up at the map, actually, yeah. there's only a couple of rivers that are still named the same the Euphrates River. Yeah. And I think we know that.
1: Tigris, isn't it? That's the same yeah, too. Yeah, Tigris.
0: Isn't it? Those are the yeah. only
1: Tigris-Euphrates. I mean, they. They. You know, everybody says, even the anthropologists say that's kind of where humanity came from, or the ancient civilizations, at least.
0: So uh, wouldn't that be kind of important to know exactly where it's located?
1: Well, no, I think I think that's part of our modern day obsession with knowing facts and knowing things and classifying things. Uh, I mean, it's totally it's what we do, right? But uh,
0: well, you I, know. I think. <laughs> You know, it'd be nice to. I'm not
1: too worried about it because I don't think it's there anymore, necessarily. You know what I mean? Well,
0: thinking? in Genesis, it does say later on that it's guarded by a cherubim angel. So something, because yeah. the tree of life is still there somewhere. I can't find the link, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so we'll just move on from that. I think personally, I would love to know where it is, um, but I think
1: you can go can, there, yeah. Because go back to the garden well we're we're going to basically end up there in the future that's the um i think you know not i don't know if you you know it's basically the heavenly temple in heaven will come to earth you know the you might want to tie this into the the very end of revelation this yeah, is the new heavens sure. and the new earth will be a lot like the garden of eden and it will be the entire world the entire earth will be like in
0: the this because he even folds up the universe and starts again so that yeah depending totally on what generally. your
1: conception of that is
0: personally i think he's gonna fill up the entire universe with life like right now we kind of just see earth you know as full of life his creation especially all the stuff he talks about in genesis but then we see all these visible stars everywhere you know like we see the vastness of space and all no, the we see the
1: stars but we don't how far away are they
0: pretty far but imagine after- well how
1: do you know that that's what nasa tells you
0: <laughs> well so you're
1: believing you're believing uh you know there's there's different uh theories about that but uh we talked well, about that i think we talked about that last week
0: yeah i don't believe anything nasa says but i, can I have st- a
1: different conception of the universe than the world does
0: well what, what, what's that
1: Well, I told you last week the uh, what they call the flat Earth model, domed. In fact, they use the word dome in some translations of the Bible. So the stars are within the within the firmament, within the dome, in the planet, in the uh, well, the planets are stars, bright stars, and the sun and the moon. They're small. They're small luminaries, and they're not that far away. That's my that's my. So when you say universe, that's what I think of, which is the uh, similar. It's the same as the Bible's the ancient Hebrew cosmology which i think is actually true
0: well then maybe since so i so you're mean,
1: right i agree with you So i agree with you yeah the the world the cosmos uh, Yeah, i think this is, is it Earth, this is it everything. this is the only world right here this is the, the only, only world with life yeah there are there are divine beings there are angels there are demons and those are the aliens
0: but who's to say when all this is said and done he recreates the earth and the cosmos everything all over again why would it be just a lonely earth again like why couldn't There's nothing he wrong with this uh, with life he loves it that's to create, enough <laughs> but that's all conjecture you know like i this that's he never said what that would look like after it's all said and all he says is he's going to recreate uh almost like garden of eden
1: It'll be like a paradise, a utopia yeah. again. That's why I don't believe human beings can create a utopia. You know, sometimes there's all these issues going on in the world and sometimes, you know, people want to get involved in protest and, you know, whatever. And uh, But ultimately, I don't think human beings can create a utopian society or even a fair and just society.
0: No, you because know. of sin. There's no way. In fact, it's only going to get worse <laughs> and worse and worse and worse till it becomes hell on earth if we're not already there yet.
1: We're getting pretty close to that stage, yeah. I think.
0: <laughs> so let me read 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you will eat from it, you will surely die. So this is the first commandment God gave.
1: Yeah, that's really the only one uh, before the fall, I think, this this one here. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, all they had to do was trust and obey God who created them, who created everything around us. See, people want to be their own gods, right? We kind of sometimes forget, and I do too, forget that I'm a created being, that God created me. Even you know, I came from my parents, I guess, but uh, you know, human beings came from God, and we just go around thinking that we can do whatever we want to do. You know what I mean? I'll decide what's right and wrong in this situation. You know, but but we're always going to twist it a little bit towards sin and towards selfishness, uh, dishonesty, whatever. We're going to, uh, you know, we're, we're going to, we're not going to be uh, living out His true. Uh, purpose for us when we do that only when we trust in god and obey god do things go well for us as you said before and here so it was a very simple very simple commandment and what happens in genesis 3 is they trust the serpent or the serpent kind of makes them doubt this commandment did you do you really need to trust god did god really does really does god even know what he's really talking about you know, like, like the, well, maybe we die. should think about it. <laughs> maybe I need to uh maybe God doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe I need to figure this out for myself. Let's see. Actually, this, a lot uh,
0: of people think that <laughs> right now. Like maybe God doesn't really know what he's doing. You know, maybe he doesn't <laughs> exist. Maybe I of think of course, yeah. Better. We've yeah. all done that. I think yeah. every day that's about we're it. in
1: a fallen state. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah yeah so um but it's it says very clearly in the in, yeah so you were sure i mean it's pretty it's 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 one of these blessings and curses, right yeah, in that day you now they didn't die that day they but they did die, right. Yeah. You'll surely die. Did God? And then the serpent comes along and says, Hey, did God really say you'll surely, you're you're going to die? You know, you're not going to die. It's okay. You could just have a little taste. Yeah. We're told that lie every day, every day. No, what's funny
0: is that the story of Adam and Eve sinning is like that story never ended. It's not like okay, gosh dang it, I wish Eve never did that, and none of us we would have to suffer all of that. But the truth is, no matter who would have done it, if that tree that tree of good and knowledge it actually exists right now, Mm, you know, yeah, yeah, people are like, okay, I'll take from it, you know.
1: Yeah, but, um, anyone whoever Adam and Eve were, like if it would have been us, we also would have ate from that tree. Yeah. It's just the, it's like a human weakness and and the Satan knows that about us. It's like it's like an inherent uh flaw within us that we can be tempted and and, and we're going to fail the tests and he does it in a certain way, a certain subtle way. So, yeah, we're yeah, just it's suckers. The, and and I just want I kind of wonder if Satan's only capable of that one type of lie because that's the lie we always get. Maybe because that's what works best, I guess. But uh, it's the same. Every deception out there, you could say, is a is is related to this Genesis three deception that we're going to see.
0: Then the Lord God said, "Is not good that man should be alone? I will make him a helper suitable for him." Why even say that when they were already Adam was already in perfection state. Why was it good for him not to be alone? He mm. was with God.
1: Yeah, that's a good so question. So I that mean there's
0: a lacking there, isn't there?
1: Well, he couldn't reproduce himself. Uh, first of all, I don't I think
0: that seems say. to even be a concern. He's maybe.
1: Well, I think he's in, he's not able to do his job. Maybe without a woman uh, helping him. Yeah, maybe.
0: I totally get this verse. That mm. that's an good interesting for, question. It's not good
1: for the man to be alone. That means it's bad. That's why. It's bad for the man to be alone.
0: Well, what about women?
1: Well, he's the only human being. So in that sense, he's alone as the only human. You know, it's like there's no other other humans around. Um,
0: That kind of transcends through time, right? Like it's never good for a man to be alone. Or
1: Hmm.
0: think it is. Because Paul later on says, if you're single, stay single. You
1: know, well, that, you notice uh, Adam, it's it's not Adam's idea. It's God's idea. Yeah. I wonder what Adam felt. Maybe it was Adam like, hey, this is great. I'm the only person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe he
1: liked being alone. I don't know. But,
0: uh, but then does yeah. it also show that in that perfection world, something was lacking?
1: It's Yeah, yeah. It shows that in God's mind. And, and that's kind of where you get into marriage, you know, the, the divine... Um, nature of marriage is uh kind of sacred right so this this is kind of where that begins where marriage was a gift from god you know and um in in some people would even say god kind of chooses our husbands and wives for what us that you know
0: i mean there if are we let some, them
1: maybe probably well, for like me I, I mean it wasn't really you know i don't know for not maybe not for everybody these days but uh
0: well today is tough for sure but that verse, today
1: people are doing their own thing people today people choose for themselves just about everything um
0: Yeah but you know a lot of them especially in today's culture I do feel like there's a lot of lonely people that have prayed for a spouse or whatever mm. and it's not getting answered right so and then from here, where I read it, like okay, it's not good to be alone. I'm assuming that also means for women too, right? Uh, or is it just Adam? Is the only well,
1: in, well? Adam's the only person there so far,
0: right? But could this verse apply? Like probably,
1: yeah, probably. If I physical, is, so,
0: then then why did Paul later on say it's better to be single than married, and no, you only get to get married if you can't control your lusts? That kind of language.
1: Well, I mean think about Paul, he's always trying to make a point and he sometimes uh some some of the things he's saying is in in response to a certain problem or a certain in a certain context. He's very context uh, specific. So we'd yeah. have you know you'd have to really take a look at that in detail to uh figure out what he's talking about.
0: But in Genesis 2, I think <laughs> we can only start with that he intended to have Yeah.
1: Yeah. An and it kind of sounds like the other animals um there Wasn't just like one lion, was there, or yeah, one, you know, one bird, <laughs>
0: right? And when he had created like male and female, I, yeah, he did, he said, I think
1: so, yeah, male female, yeah, yeah. So it's it's it was in the mind of God to, to create uh life. In fact, if you think about it, all life form is male and female, right? Yeah, and that's kind of where the pagans kind of uh take that concept and kind of twist it into some kind of weird perversion and that's where a lot of this androgyny propaganda comes from is um you know they 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 have a different view of male and female they they kind of uh, combine it into one person instead of it's two separate people you know
0: so that brings you another point that's actually coming from genesis 1 where god said he made them male and female um uh, and he created them this all these stories were written thousands and thousands of years ago, right? Um, And, you know, we talked about like Moses was a writer, but there is a verse and I had a little clip uh, to show that who actually wrote the Bible in the end, in the verse, um, it says, Jesus is the one that actually worked with and planted it in their heart and their minds to write everything Mm. down as it is. Interesting. So ultimately Jesus is the one that wrote the Bible Hmm. Um, but in the male and female, uh, since he's already established that in chapter one, then it makes total sense that he was just going to complete Adam with the female counterpart. Right. So maybe like you said, he already had it in his mind to do that. And now we're just getting more of a detail of how he thought about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So and they had
1: to have, you know, he was not a self, uh, reproducing, organism you know what i mean um no and, but- and there's kind of a hierarchy there's a kind of uh, organizational structure as well that that paul talks a lot about later on that we'll see um, there's yeah. different roles to play there's different roles so i think adam has a certain kind of job duty and then eve also has a certain kind of uh role to play you know there's different roles that men and women play Even though they're they're created equally, they're equally important and valuable, but they have different roles.
0: Yeah, and at this point, before uh, they fell, uh, it sounded to me that they, although they had different roles, actually it doesn't even establish their roles in Genesis two. All it created them equal. Helper, yeah, you're right.
1: Woman's the helper.
0: But after they sin and. Fall in chapter three, all their curses are put upon them, right? But so it seems like could Eve and Adam be on an equal footing, even though she was a helper, or not?
1: No, they're they're equal in a certain sense, and um, but it's there's a organizational, um, it's there's an orderly uh, role in society. That's why Paul says the woman should not be the head of the church. Woman can be a teacher in, in all these things, but in terms of organizational hierarchy, government or something like that, or even in the church, because if, if the woman is, and he talks about husbands and wives, right? Yeah. The, uh, but yet they both serve each other, right? So it's this kind of a I'm society. He's, really, it's the foundation of society is really what we see here. Social uh, life begins with the marriage. And, uh, and there's a certain role each person plays, and if they both are doing that obediently, then everything's going to be fine. But if, you know, if the husband um, mistreats the wife or doesn't respect the wife and vice versa, then things kind of fall apart, you know. So it kind of shows us uh, as a man, you know, what's your role as a man? How should you treat women and vice versa? These kind of things. And and Paul basically uh, gets his ideas from, from this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but but if the woman, see, the, if the man is the head of the woman, but then they go to church, and then the woman is the boss at church, then it kind of throws everything off. So, it's kind of a, there's a certain practicality. It's not saying women are, in, because the feminists have twisted this into saying, oh, the Bible says women are inferior and all this stuff, so they want to, you know. it's No, they're, they're equal in an ontological sense, um, you know, just uh, existentially, but there is a kind of a hierarchy it's just like um you know like like the you know like the president of a company a CEO of a company is not the same as a salesperson you know what right. i mean they're both human beings they're both the same human you know they both really have the same value as a human being but you go to work and then the CEO is the boss right it's kind of like can't that establish-
0: you know? roles gender roles roles
1: yeah, yeah it's roles it's roles and and otherwise it would be kind of more there'd be more chaos this is this is one of these order out of chaos kind of things that god uh, i think got part of god's plan that we tend to rebel against
0: yeah you know? and there's so much rebellion that has kind of changed society of what we're experiencing my mother now. is a
1: feminist yeah she still is really <laughs> oh yeah she left she left when i was two so, well, you know was was that, she right. doing her god is that what is that god's plan for mothers to do that mm-hmm.
0: She purposely left. Just like, well, who raised you then? My father. Really? So you had my
1: alcoholic father?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh. I came from a good, loving Christian home. No, just kidding.
0: (laughs) Well, I think when women don't take responsibility for their own family, that's the major destruction. You know, it goes so far and wide. So I do think that you have to have. God has to tell you, like, these are your roles, And if you go outside of that, there's nothing. To yeah.
1: Boundaries. I mean, we all, and people rebel. Against, so women would re- rebel against that. And I get it. I understand that. Like, who wants to be, like, you know, submissive to someone else or something like that. But the man is also submissive to his wife, as Paul says.
0: Knowing all what the truth is and what you, God has ordained. But the reality is that people are bad. You know, like what happened to We're you rebellious yeah. and then like let's say if I you know I ended up being single for a very long time now mm. way more than 20 years I think and it wasn't my choice it's just that's what happens so if I didn't take care of you know my education and trying to take care of myself there wasn't going to be anybody else to do that
3: mm. so
0: why should I be penalized as a woman you know like not taking care of yourself not getting educated and oftentimes, my job ends up advising uh, not only women, but men too, you know. So, is that a bad thing yeah. or is it a good thing? No.
1: I mean, it doesn't say women can't work, does it? No. I mean, I but, guess, you know, it does kind of lay out this ideal of motherhood and marriage. But, yeah, I mean, what if the marriage doesn't work out or things like that, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, they do, you know, allow for divorce to happen. I mean, uh, most people these days uh, do get divorced and all that stuff um I, if i would have gotten married younger i probably would have got divorced um
0: but i, I think a lot of home. the the problems is like the way the society's you know i get the backlash of you know having feminist women kind of taint traditional homes and traditional families but at the same time we're kind of forced into this world where we can't go back mm. to these traditional ways unless everybody kind of follows the rules, you know, like don't get, we're done. not
1: living in a godly society.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I see what you mean. And um so women are kind of forced to survive in a way that's not ideal. And that's, you know, I mean, God knows that God knows that we're rebellious and that's why ideally God doesn't want divorce, but in Jesus says this later on in the new Testament, you know, it's like, well, it's because you know because you're you know you're rebellious or stubborn people your fallen state whatever he says he's it's like okay we kind of allow you know we'll let it slide but but it's not the real ideal. it's not like really what he had in mind here like Adam and Eve didn't get divorced I mean this is ideal stuff we're talking about ideal stuff and we can never measure up we can never measure measure up to the ideal you know right so it you know these things happen but it, it's it's always uh, damaging it damages people and it's harmful uh but we're still in this kind of this uh fallen state you know
0: yeah i think that's why god yeah. has to burn everything up and start again because there's just no way yeah
1: and this is the ideal you know and, yeah. and adam, you know if you think about it adam and eve they lived to be what 900 years old yeah. or something, and. So they were, they were together for a long time.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: Did they drive each other crazy after like 500 years? It's like, oh, I think I'll, you know.
0: (laughs) They had the place to themselves. It's like,
1: oh. And and they had a bunch of children, but we're not. And and I think, you know, as far as we're told, Adam only had the one wife, um, I think. Um, Yeah, it doesn't say
0: genealogy. It didn't mention any other wives. Yeah,
1: and uh, and there are a lot of people who have more than one wife in the Bible, but that's not ideal either, you know.
0: Right. So, so he, regarding uh,
1: these kind of things, it's like, yeah, human beings always kind of mess up this area of their life a little bit, but uh, but the ideal is uh, one one husband, one wife. Right. That's the ideal. Um,
0: yeah, that's a good point, that right now we're at one man, one woman rule. And yeah. he's establishing there,
1: and he kind of God is in his mercy, allows allowed people to have more than one wife. But look at the extreme example of Solomon, yeah who, um, you know, he had everything, and he kind of blew it, you know, basically,
0: and it so, was all uh, the wives that made him sin,
1: and well, yeah, yeah, he he started worshiping other gods,
0: nineteen through twenty out of the ground. Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called every living creature, that was his name. And the man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky and every beast of the field. And for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So we kind of already talked a little bit about that. But one of the interesting things that uh, mentions here gives a little more detail that out of the ground he formed every beast so it wasn't just adam and eve but he all the creatures were also out of the ground when do you think about that
1: i guess so yeah which and, i didn't know he, that. well he formed them out of the ground and he breathed uh, life into them right
0: yeah because in genesis 1 he just says he just spoke them all into existence right it didn't go into like how mm. so they are also Formed from the dust of the ground, just like Adam, even the birds.
1: I guess so, yeah. If the, if that's meant to be that literal, you know, maybe, yeah.
0: Um, well, uh, the ESV better. says... Well, it's
1: actually actually verse 24, chapter 1, it says, let the earth bring forth living creatures. That's kind of a similar yeah, thing.
0: so that's out of the dust. Because yeah. this is just an outer expansion, and the ESV version says the same thing. Now out of the ground... Mm-hmm. Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heaven. So not only the beasts, but the birds, too, came from dust of the ground, which I didn't know until now. But that's interesting to me. Mm. I always thought it was just good
1: insight. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's always, I find there's always something I never noticed before. In the Bible, and in its in, in, even, in, especially in Genesis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I never really thought about that. Even today, you've asked a few questions that I haven't even asked. So sometimes you just ask certain questions and you get some new ideas and new things to contemplate.
0: But it also dispels their argument of how all the creatures came into being, right? Because like evolution. Evolution. So, <laughs> but they all came from the ground. So that means there was not, and each not of not from
1: the earth. Or, sorry not from the water right and the water Me the sure. water is associated with chaos and the abyss in the world before it was formed and the earth is the dry land so they're not talking about planet earth by the way they're definitely not talking about earth as a planet or mother earth gaia that kind of stuff it's earth as the dry land yes because the water see ah that's very interesting because the evolution they make a point out of saying everything came yeah. out of the water yeah but the water is associated with evil actually
0: yeah um, but just even that fact alone their entire science uh evolution theories it was always life was in the water even i thought that until today
1: well that's what they told us when we were yeah. children those were the creation stories they told us as children we were supposed to be here in this creation story i never heard this in my family Nobody, right. you know, there was no, uh, you know, nobody talked about this stuff. In but my that family.
0: debunks totally of the how creation, at least in the textbooks.
2: Uh, oh
1: yeah, the, yeah. It's all it's it's total. Uh, it's it's really a mythology. It's just a lie. But people want to believe it because it takes God out of creation, and it kind of makes us the. De facto gods, because we're the most intelligent life form on earth. So I guess we're the gods now, so we have to learn how to recreate man and evolve into uh superhumans, you know? And yeah. that's where people like people like that idea.
0: Well, people really, average it.
1: people you talk to, they love it. They love that idea.
0: And they believe they it. You it. know, you wonder why people haven't rejected like this stuff. This Bible's been around for a long time, and early believers. Um, they were more believers, and I think back then than now. Why did they let that happen with all their ungodly? Theory? Well, Satan.
1: Satan is, you know, has mass media. Yeah. Controls the schools, the government, everything. And uh, I mean, the the church. I mean, there are lots of. Uh, I mean, the Christian message has gone out to the world for sure. You know what I mean? There's churches everywhere you go. There's churches, but they kind of been watered down and corrupted these days. But I think what happened. I think that's the restrainer. I think after uh, you know the early the first century A.D., Satan want Satan didn't want you know the message of Christ of the, the Christian message to get out there. So God, I think that's where uh, God restrained the deception and the evil and and God restrained satanic activity for a while to allow the message to grow to get out there you know to 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 allow people to uh evangelize um, I still
0: think that's happening right now with all the availability of social platforms I think the Well word I think is it's yeah
1: but, but there's there's a lot more satanic activity now so it's possible that you know, like it says in, in 2 Thessalonians 2, the, the restrainer will be taken out of the way and then right. they'll the Antichrist comes and they'll then then Satan is no longer restrained. I think that may have happened already, to be honest. Um, it seems
0: like it, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> I mean it's kind of weird the timing of you know, is yeah. we're kind of being like the witnesses of proclaiming the word of God and at the same time, like like you said, the Satanism is rising to all this new level that maybe are we there, you know, is like the Antichrist. I think it's a good chance,
1: you know, it's a good chance. It seems like it, you know, especially uh, with the uh, things going on, you know. You could make a strong case, I think.
0: If it's the end, then that's fine with me. Maybe we finally hit Revelation. Um, Yeah.
1: It it, It has a happy ending, actually. Yeah. That's the thing. The Bible has, you know, even the end. The end times has a happy ending. I'm ready to get a new body. I, mean, I wish body. you would
0: just get started now <laughs> and get it over with because it's the prolonging. It's
1: already started. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, it's not an, it's not a, you know, I think it's a short time, right? We're, the devil has a short time. We're not sure exactly. What if it's
0: like another hundred years, which still would be a short Maybe.
1: time. Maybe. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they were, they were slaves in Egypt for a few hundred years, you know. Right. They we're in Babylon for quite a while, so uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. You yeah. know.
0: All right. So per- persecution
1: is part of the deal.
0: The what is part of the deal?
1: Persecution, tribulation, uh, and persecution—that's part of the deal. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the strength. I think. Well, mentally, we gotta prepare for that. That's actually what I thought in 2020. Moving forward, it's like, okay, if this is time. Then we have to really prepare. Are we ready? Well, that's to- what I'm doing. Yeah, I- the
1: last year. First couple, first year and a half, I just rebelled against it, you know, and got angry. And then um, I had surgery about eighteen months ago, and that just kind of totally wiped me out. And so I just kind of uh, then I kind of surrendered to it, you know.
0: Well, you still Um, have a purpose, and I do appreciate you even starting and doing Genesis with me. So you're definitely meant to be around. Maybe. Like you well, said, there you go. being the witness. Okay, so I'm going to read 21. Um, so I actually have a clip for this, um, but I'm going to get through 23. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And then the rib which Lord God had taken from man, he made it into a woman, and he brought her to the man. So now he performed the first surgery.
1: Sounds and like he- it, yeah. He's a hey. doctor,
0: right? Exactly. <laughs> um, so I have a clip that well, somebody else did this rib thing. He's just another mm. believer, but he, he he's really into this concept and this verse. So I thought it'd be good to share that.
2: Talking about my favorite topic, and that is the rib. Why is my favorite topic? Because if you're trying to prove that the Bible is a supernatural book, there are certain key components to doing that, and I have found the rib as one component that nobody. I don't care who you are. You cannot debate the evidence I'm about to present you. You all know the story of Adam and Eve. Adam was created from the dust of the ground, and Eve was created from a rib bone from man. Now, my question was always, why didn't God just use the dust of the earth again to create women? So that's what we're going to be looking at. Think about something. What is the most important bond you can even think of on this earth? To me, it's, it's a mother and a child. Now, why is that? It's because the child comes physically from the mother. It's part of her. So what better way than to take... The bone of adam and somehow be able to create a woman from him something that would be actually from him now so what bone do you choose first let's look at a very interesting fact i would i was always curious about this you know if man is from the dust of the ground really then the components of man should be what's in the dust of the ground you can look this up anywhere uh, but you are the elements present in the human body Um, and the bible verse says, and the lord god formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul these are the components you'll find in your body. It's amazing that what's in there. I mean, things like iron and you know, bromine, and lead, and just all kinds of different things. Of course, oxygen is the by far the biggest component. But what's interesting is all of these, every single one of them, um, can be found in the minerals on the surface of the ground. Now, it, it literally appears as if God and I had no idea. This is just some
3: picture idea. It looks like literally, if you're reached down into the crust of the earth and come up with the chemicals needed. Now, I'm not
2: saying literally just reach in there, but look at that. They're right here on the surface of the ground, every chemical. Components. Um, every element, I should say, is in your body. There are 206 bones in the human body. 206. Only one. Let me state that. Only one out of 206 will we grow if surgically removed correctly. You guessed it, the rib. One. Now think about that. 205 other choices. Now, how did Moses know that the one bone that he would actually say that God had taken from the man to make woman? How would you know? That's the one bone that would be able to regrow itself. Now you can look this up on any medical website that has to do with removing ribs. I'll give you a little hint here: if you look up uh, sites that show people that have scoliosis, uh, they often remove one of the ribs, and then that somehow balances things out. Now it's very clear: surgically removed correctly, the rib can regenerate itself, regrow. Now there's no other bone. If you remove an arm, if you remove you know whatever bone you choose, it will not grow back. I mean, you know that. If you lose your arm. Uh, it, it's gone. there's no regeneration process that the body naturally does the rib however that is different the rib, surgically removed correct Genesis 221 and the lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof and the rib which the lord god had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So think about what this is describing. And you don't have to be an expert in biblical interpretation. You don't have to be a doctor, a medical doctor. Just, I'm just a regular person. But when someone uh, causes someone to, um, you know, I'm so sleepy, that you're able to remove a rib. To me, that's called a surgery and that's called anesthesia. Um, you know, you can't use alcohol to put someone to sleep deep enough to where you can uh, remove a rib. So to me, it looks to me like, uh, whoever wrote this had some knowledge of the way someone would remove a rib. Now, granted, you could come up with the idea of how that would be done, that you'd need to cause some sort of deep sleep to come on them, and you you close back up the flesh just like you would in a surgery. But it's just amazing to me that it gets all this right. And anesthesia, that's not even developed until the 1800s. Um, it gets all of this right, and he takes the one bone out of the body. He removes it. It's one out of 206 that regenerates itself. So this guy is not going to be left. Uh, missing anything. Now, he that because he knew that, if he caused this to happen, it doesn't matter. Because either way, you have a strange coincidence that Moses would have picked the one bone out of 206 that regrows itself. But we can take this a step further. Now, bone marrow transplantation. I don't know if you're familiar with it. My brother's a bone marrow transplant specialist. Um, I don't have a lot of knowledge in that area, but what I do know is that bone marrow can actually be uh, infused back into your body. It can help regrow other uh, organs. To regrow damaged organs yeah, like i said you have to, to google bone marrow transplant but when you do that you'll find there are five common donor sites if we're going to get bone marrow um from a subject there are five donor spots um the cranium or the skull the spurnum the vertebrae the back the pelvis and you guessed it the rib now there's also some evidence that uh some of the bigger bones such as uh, um, the, uh, the leg bone and the certain bones here uh, can also work too, but the, the biggest donor sites, and you can look this up on the internet, look up where does bone marrow transplants come from, and every place you find, I guarantee you, this baby will be there. There'll probably be about four or five donor areas, and one of them's the rib. So now, think about it. If you were going to take a donor site or bone marrow transplantation, um, would you want to mess with their skull, their sternum, their pelvis, your vertebrae, or What about this rib? Oh, yeah, it also grows back. It regenerates. I think I'll choose that one. You know, I mean, like I say, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a rocket scientist. But even I can see if I do the design of this thing and I do something about bone marrow transplantation, which, again, I'm not an expert on it, I know that the rib is a site that you can harvest it from. It's one of the five species. Now, let's look at what bone marrow transplantation can actually do. Now, if you look up bone marrow transplantation and stem cell, Transplantation, you will find there's not a whole lot of difference. The only difference is you're getting stem cells. Now, whether you get them from the bones or whether you get them from the blood, that's the two differences. The stem cells can actually regrow organs. It's actually shown that you can actually uh, regrow. Um, the Japanese have figured out how to regrow tiny livers, they call it liver bugs. These people are working on being able to eventually regrow a brain. Now, keep in mind, that, the person that caused a great sleep to come over at him and remove one bone out of his body that would regenerate probably knows something about stem cells and the fact that it will regrow organs. So he just happened to take one of the five donor sites, a stem cell, area, harvesting area, takes that and is able to take out that and come up with a way to regrow not only an organ, but an entire body. And not only an entire body, but a female body. Now, keep in mind, what we're talking about, and I proposed this to my brother. I said, you know, look at this. And he was honest with me. He said, you know, we're light years away from going from like an X to a Y chromosome. You know, that's just a huge leap. But I agree with that. But I'm willing to bet that would did this. I believe it's not so good for him, and I am willing to bet that he knows how to take bone marrow stem cells, whatever you're talking about, and actually regrow an entire human being, and one that would actually fit perfectly.
0: So, what do you think of that?
1: Wow, it's very interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. So the uh, rib, re- so basically, um, Adam's rib would have grown back. It sounds like, and that rib was kind of a a, a practi- you know, a, a practical bone to use to create the woman. Right?
0: Yeah, because, you know, there's questions all over the internet. Do, do men have one less rib than women? Mm. And the answer was that that one uh, rib can regenerate itself. So no men and women have equal number of ribs. Uh, I mean, there might be some cases where some have more, uh, but mostly we're not looking for the missing rib because God healed Adam in his perfection. Mm. The other thing I thought it was interesting was that um, you notice that like he's basically, if you thought of it as surgery or like some complicated stuff, the science stuff that we know now, like cloning and all of that, he didn't clone Adam. Um, mm. He cloned, uh, he actually took part of whatever, his DNA or material and he made it into a completely different gender. So from Hmm. XY to XX, right? How is that possible? You know,
1: is that what that guy explained uh, towards the end?
0: end? Yeah. That we're light years away from ever doing that. But Hmm. he's also saying that guy, that guy, well, it's God who did the surgery, right? God himself that, is also explaining here how he did it. Um, But I think that that part of it, like you wouldn't really like when you just read it the first few times without knowing today's science and how they're coming up with cloning and stem cell research, I've seen a lot of stuff what they're able to do and regenerate. Like right now in history, they're actually creating uh, embryos without the aid of uh, from sperm or an egg. They can, yeah uh, do a synthetic but that's all from stem cells so basically god is taking that information from the rib to create uh not like a clone but then a completely different gender so i find that kind of fascinating
1: um, well now see i think now the uh you know the the people in this world they want to be able to uh create people out of our image you know like uh they want to be god's yeah. So we have to. People are trying to figure out the secrets of God and how to do what God did, basically. So people want to create a whole new race of humanity, new species. We have hybrids, and they want to create androgynes. Probably, you know, people who are both male and female. And in Judaism, by the way, they uh, they say they say it's the side. They say it's not the rib. It's the side. They 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 think this story is saying Adam split in two. Yeah, you know they they say say Adam because Adam was Adam was a transvestite, according <laughs> according to them, and uh, he had a male and female side, so he just split apart into two different people. But he started out as one. That's what they believe. And if you know, like if you're Jewish and you have, uh, if you go to a marriage counselor, uh, the the rabbi will tell you that. They'll say, well, originally Adam was one person, both male and female, and that represents marriage. You know, that's part of their uh, common
0: well. They're looking uh, at a kind of Neanderthal way of saying, well, woman came out of Adam, so of course he was one.
1: It was his rib. His rib came out of Adam, right? And then, then he's then it became a woman, but it was just his rib originally. Yeah. See, there was no woman inside of Adam at first. It was just his rib.
0: Yeah, he was using yeah. the genetic makeup as we know it now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And- but but there's okay. also this close relationship, you know, because yeah, there is this connection, and and it, it does say they will become one flesh. It says that there. Although I've I've understood this, uh, scholars will say this doesn't mean they're one person. You know, it means they're a family. They're related to each other now. Yeah. Like so if you get married mean- to someone, you're not related to them, uh, but then you are once you get married.
0: Yeah, it explains it in verse 24. So let me read 23. Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, and she will be called woman. And for she was taken out of man, and therefore a man will leave his father and his mother to be joined to his wife, and they will become one flesh. So it's in the context of marriage, right, that one flesh.
1: Yeah, yeah. So one flesh means two people, two different people. But, but these days they're trying to say, "You know, male and female in one fl- in one body,
0: it's like a one- bond in in like a bond mm. between a the husband family and yeah brother. right yeah, yeah,
1: marriage, a family. There's still two different people,
0: so here's the know. other interesting thing. One of my pastors, long time ago, when I went to church uh uptown area, it was a young mm. church, and he made a whole sermon about how. The Bible doesn't really mean to say woman. There's no such word as woman. When here it clearly says that he called woman. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a Hebrew word for that. I mean, it's it's in the Bible. It's in the.
0: What's the. Yeah. Hebrew
1: word? Well, well, I'd, I'd have to look it up right now. Um don't remember off the top of my head. But wouldn't it mean the same but
0: thing? Like woman? Like the. the well, the pro,
1: the, well the, I think the confusing thing is that Adam also means human.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: You know, and because uh, it says, you know, we will call his name Adam. Uh, and that means human as well. It's like his name was human. Hey, human, how are you doing? Yeah.
0: And the other thing here <laughs> is that Adam is the one who named everything that he saw, like all the birds and the creatures and all that stuff. So this is Adam saying she will be called woman's mm. female. That's part
1: of his job is to name things. Yeah. Because he's yeah. supposed to have dominion over the world. And he's he's kind of you know, he's he's kind of like the guy on the ground creating God's kingdom. But he's working for he's supposed to be working for God, and then he kind of goes rogue. And um, you know, it says here, you know, they're both naked, the man and his wife, they're not ashamed, because they hadn't eaten from that tree of yeah. good and evil yet. They didn't know, they didn't have that knowledge yet and um, they're not ashamed and and we see what happens when they rebel against go- God in the next chapter is they instantly feel as- ashamed yeah you know and
0: uh, well awesome we actually finished too so uh,
1: yeah there's a lot of stuff uh, at the you know at the beginning uh, the, the word I wanted to use at the beginning was uh, reverse psychology you know I, like when people ask why should we believe the Bible and all that stuff and because I think when you, if you approach people like you're trying to persuade them to believe in God or all these things, it, it never really seems to work that well. You know what I mean? Um, and rebellious human beings probably respond better to reverse psychology. <laughs> You know well, I, mean? I
0: think That's humans a, are just stupid because they never <laughs> believe God. They just wanted to do their <laughs> well, own thing. And yeah. this is well, I'm we're smart.
1: Worried. It's pride. We're, we're actually pretty intelligent, I think. But because you see intelligent people doing stupid things, but yeah, it's mean, based on ability. pride. It's our pride, it's our character weaknesses, it's our, our ego. We think we're smarter than we really are, probably, but uh, we're and we're very emotional beings more than anything probably you know these days people talk about emotional intelligence you know that kind of stuff and that probably is the most important skill to be honest in the workplace um yeah without
0: that we'd just be robots right because that's what the whole ai thing is is going to be devoid of emotion and that conscious theme i think our spirit in a way because if we're made an image of god then that means he's very emotional too and i think it kind of shows
1: he is oh yeah Book, you know, He's, he is emotional, yeah, yeah, and it's love, you know, God is love, right? So, right. God does love people, you know. I get sick of people quite often, I'm pretty cynical about that, but Ooh. God, for some reason, God loves us and God created right. us. And I think I kind of knew, you know, he, th- I think he knew what he was getting into when he created people. It does say in Genesis 6, he regretted. He right. says that a few times, quite a few times, in fact, throughout the Bible. Like, I regret making these people. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, he started
1: we, we may have surprised him a little bit as how, how rebellious we really are, maybe. You know, I don't know. But, <laughs> but he saved yeah. us. That's the thing is he saved us, right? Uh, yeah, the
0: entire book you know, is the about sun. redemption. You're like he knows yeah, you're yeah. going to fall. He knows that you're yeah. going to be at your worst. But then he always lays out that plan of redemption. It's I kind of make it an analog of the rainbow, because it's like that's also redemption, too. It's like a sign, you know, like I won't blood the earth again. Yeah. But spiritually, I think he meant it like as a salvation, as redemption, but all the wicked people took it as their own. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Jesus was the only truly obedient son that god ever had the rest of us have been rebellious
0: but he's also god though right so yeah son of god
1: and god god in the flesh and that's the only way that people that human being that humanity could uh keep his his uh covenant
0: here's another question we know that god came on earth in the flesh as jesus right But then the God that's in the Garden of Eden walking around with Adam and Eve, what was that? That wasn't a spirit. He was with them in flesh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was Jesus or not. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Some people believe that. Um, I don't know if I need to believe that, you know, necessarily. It's, uh, you know, is is it anthropomorphic language? Is it God walking around somehow? You know, there's that kind of language is used. There's God has a hand. He walks in front of Moses, you know, and and all this kind of stuff. He can kind of appear. There's an angel of the Lord that appears throughout the you know, Old Testament. It's the you know an angel who represents God on Earth. I don't think that was Jesus. Well, Jesus is not
0: an angel, though. He yeah, was
1: Jesus was a an human. So I, so even even I don't think that was a human God in the Garden of Eden. You know what I mean? That's wow. a difference. I mean, is, like was a difference? was he walking around looking like a dude? <laughs> you know what i mean uh in a body I, I think jesus is kind of one of a kind in that sense and at least the way he appeared on earth as a human being and i haven't studied that out too much necessarily but i think uh i don't for me it's not necessary that that was jesus people want to see jesus all and he is all throughout the bible like you said before um but was he walking around on earth before well the only in, reason on is there-
0: There's a verse called, uh, there's Alpha and Omega. No, there's a God that there's no one like him. Like he is the sole God, right? That is, there's nothing, no one like him. And yet Jesus is supposed to be God. So if there's no one like him and there's only one of a kind, then he has to be the same God in Genesis, right? Or do you think?
1: Well, yeah, the the Trinity would have uh, existed back then you know you have this ruach this uh, spirit of god and the spirit of god is throughout the old testament um you know which nowadays we call it the holy spirit but wouldn't that be the same spirit although it's a little different it was kind of bestowed upon us differently after jesus Um, so god but god had a spirit the gospel of john is the one that says uh, god uh, jesus was the word of god you know in the beginning so, that's another Genesis-related uh, chapter. Yeah. In the, You know, John starts us off in Genesis again. In exactly. you know, the Gospel of John. And, and, he, and, he, and he highlights the role Jesus played in the creation of the word uh, world as the word of God.
0: So, wouldn't that imply that Jesus is the one who created the universe and the earth?
1: So if you want, you can look at it now if you want. I mean, that's because he yeah. kind of, it's almost like he... Um, it's almost like he's imitating Genesis a little bit in the Gospel of John, in the yeah, first I mean, uh, chapter, you know what I mean? It's yeah. in the you know He talks about, like, in the beginning, this kind of stuff. I mean, that's all, probably a whole show in and of itself, but it's something to keep in mind. And there are quite a few places throughout the Bible that talk about creation. It's not just Genesis 1 and 2. An yeah, in the beginning, right? In the yeah. beginning was, was the Word, Word, the Logos.
0: And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And mm. he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and through without him. him nothing, not anything made yeah. that was made. Isn't that saying it was Jesus that made all these things?
1: Um, through him. It was God and Jesus. It was through. So the word is is Jesus, right? So in the beginning was Jesus. Yeah. Jesus was with God. Jesus was God. He was in the uh, Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Jesus, and without Jesus, not anything. So it sounds like they're kind of together to me. I mean, it wasn't just Jesus alone. It was uh, because I mean the Trinity. That's a whole other topic. You know what I mean?
0: Um, Right. So we won't get too much into that. Um, There's one more clip that I wanted to share. Uh, This is a sermon by Chuck Missler, where he kind of talks about. who wrote the Bible? He also does some, because he's a scientist, kind of. So he yeah. talked a little bit about the Bible codes uh, and what, so it's just a short clip, but I thought it was pretty good to, that, that there's more to Genesis than how we're even presenting it here.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. each letter sequence. Exa- this is a contrived example to give you an idea what they are. On the screen, there's a sentence Rips explained that each code is a case of adding every fourth letter to form a word. That's just a, an arbitrary sentence I put on the screen. But it turns out that if you take every fourth letter of that, that's an equidistant letter sequence of the spacing of three between each letter, you then discover that every fourth letter forms another message. In this case, it says, read the code. This is just a demonstration to give you a feeling for what we mean by an equidistant letter sequence. This is a Genesis chapter one in Hebrew. I want to remind you that Hebrew goes from right to left. So if you go to, the, the also the word Torah in the Hebrew is spelled with four letters. A ta, which is roughly equivalent to our hey. A-R-E-S-H-E, A-H, um, four letters. If you go to the first how in the book of Genesis, that's the last letter of the Hebrew and you count 49 letters, you come to a, vav. you count 49 more letters, and you come to a resh, which is sort of like our R, and you count 49 more letters, you come to a, hey, those four letters spelled Torah. Now, you can follow this without knowing Hebrew, but you say, now why 49? was the square of seven? Okay, that's fine, that's not that's not too surprising, but it's just a coincidence, of course, or is it? Now, you could argue, well, that's just an accident of the frequency of letters and so forth. It's kind of rare, but interesting. Except what happens is when you go to the book of Genesis. Go to the first tau forty nine letters. You get a forty nine letters. You get a resh, forty nine letters, and you get a hey. Same thing happens. Exodus, know, Exodus. You go to Leviticus, and it doesn't happen. And when it doesn't, you just almost feel a sigh of relief. But when you go to Numbers, the same thing happens, backwards. Take the first hey, the first resh, the first bow, the big you get Torah spelled backwards. You go to Deuteronomy, you have essentially the same equivalent thing happens. And now you're puzzled because you've got it forward, forward, backward, backward. We have forty-nine and seven squared letter sequences. Torah, Torah, forward and just uh, backwards in Numbers Deuteronomy. When you look at Leviticus, you discover that every seventh letter spelled the unpronounceable name of God, often rendered Jehovah or Yahweh, translated uh, re, re- uh, uh, expressed as Adonai when they will not pronounce that name. They'll use Lord or Lord instead. Well, now we stand back from all of this. We have the the name of God, and we suddenly realize that the Torah always points. The name of these kinds of things in general as fingerprints. The real question of course is who wrote the Torah? Who wrote the Five Books of Moses? Here I'm going to save you hours of really boring library research to go through these arguments. Erlenkan. It's an absolute, it's an absolute waste of time. There's a shortcut, and the shortcut occurs in Luke 24. Two disciples went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. That turns out to be uh, 60 stadia or 60 furlongs is essentially um, seven and a half miles from Jerusalem. Because as they walk, they will talk together of all these things which had happened. Get the picture now. This is Sunday afternoon. A few days ago, they were present when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. He was buried. They're <laughs> disillusioned. Confused. Whatever. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. The two disciples are walking along this road. Jesus joins them, but they don't recognize who he is. From their point of view, he's just a stranger. The stranger says to them, what manner of communications are these that you have one, one to another as you walk and are our So He joins these stranger, strangers, apparently, and he says, why are you so glum? What's bothering you guys? And one of them, whose name is Cleopas, answering said unto him, Are thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? Hast thou not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? So he walks up and says, Hey guy's why are you so glum? and they turn to him and say, Where were you, fella? You know, that's the flavor of it. But this is the line that just kills me. I, I love reciting. Jesus says to them, What things? Here he was put through six trials through the night, all of which were illegal, badly abused, crucified dead, buried in the grave three days. And he can come to these guys and say, What things? And then takes the cake from me. And they said unto him, and then they explained to him what happened from their point of view. Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word, before God all people, and the chief priests in our rooms, delivered him to be condemned to death, and are crucified. And we trusted that it had been he that should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. So they're explaining to him. what well, they, well, they continue. Yea, and certain women also were cuffed, made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher, when they found not his body. They came, saying, they all the seen of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it, even as the women had said. But him they saw So this is their summary episode. Then Jesus now speaks. He still doesn't identify who he is. What's interesting, he speaks of himself in the third person. He said, Oh, fools and full of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ, that guy, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into glory? And here's the key verse for us right now. And beginning at what? Moses and all the prophets. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Not just of the study of the entire I love that line. It says, He was crucified on a cross of wood, but he made the hill on which it stood. And they drew near to the village where they went, and he made as though he would have gone further, but they constrained him, saying, fly with us. We're toward evening, and the day is as far as spent. And he went into Terry. The rebuttal of the documentary hypothesis comes from none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got no problem as to who wrote the Torah, the books of Moses. Jesus told you. You ought to know. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you got bigger problems than who authored the Torah.
0: So that, I think, helps to explain it, who wrote it. So, at least in my Well, view, at the
1: end, did he, did he say Moses wrote it, or did he say Jesus wrote it at the very end?
0: Let me show you the verse. Uh, so, basically, it was Jesus who went and told it to Moses, and all the prophets after. So, it was beginning from Moses, and everyone after that. So, that's Luke twenty four, twenty six, 26-28. Let me... Yeah, up.
1: I don't think I've heard that interpretation. I think Moses... Um, Wrote it by hand, right? With his own hand.
0: Yes, he definitely Bible, yeah. wrote it. But he's but saying he the, the person um,
1: that's inspiration, him,
0: right? So can you read that here? So was it not necessary yeah. that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And the beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So basically, how,
1: how does that show that Jesus wrote it, though? It's a, it, well, no, I think, Jesus, like when I read this. Yeah, it says like Jesus, you can find Jesus. those typologies and all the narratives and everything does point to Jesus um, in the Old Testament.
0: Well, the way yeah. I'm reading this, uh, he's actually telling Moses and all the prophets to say interpreted to them. So that
1: isn't them, the people he's talking to on the road while they're walking, his apostles, his disciples.
0: No, it would just be. So let me shorten.
1: No, no, I think I think uh, the way I read that he's talking to people. They're walking down the road and he's them. Who is them? You're saying Moses is them.
0: If you read just the sentence and the beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them, meaning Moses and the prophets.
1: Nah. Uh, well, you got to read it in context, though. Uh, they're walking down the street. He's let them. I think them is the people he's talking to because because they asked him a question. You know, read read open up a few verses there. Yeah, it's uh, he said to them. Who is them? There in verse twenty-five. Who is them? Is Moses the foolish them, one?
0: Well, well, yeah, he is talking You got you to read.
1: It. You can't just guys. take the verse out of nowhere.
0: Well here, I'll open apart. up the chapter here. Yeah,
1: you no, know, I th- I think them is just the people, but I think what he's saying is what most, you know, people believe is that they they couldn't they didn't understand that the Old Testament, which is the only testament they had, you know, at the time was they didn't they didn't they didn't really expect the Messiah to be killed, you know, to be hung on a cross and to resurrect. They were kind of looking for a king david kind of guy or a political savior so so then he opened their eyes it's like oh wow the whole old testament The i think this is talking about the entire old testament is about jesus it's about jesus is what the way i read this and we'd probably agree on that
0: but yeah it's um, definitely about but Jesus. I, I think but i think he's explaining that he's the one who gave them the knowledge uh, to write. Maybe. because moses wasn't going to be that smart to write up all of that
1: well he was inspired by god 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 actually quite often in the in genesis or in the torah in the pentateuch you'll see god telling moses what to write so moses actually
0: so god you know they actually say
1: moses wrote down stuff in the bible and it is inspired by god you know for sure it doesn't mean it's word for word necessarily but maybe it is in a way but uh Yeah, I mean the way I would read that, the way I would read that is he's just talking to those them as the people Jesus is talking to directly in that at that time. That's that's my own interpretation. Maybe I'm wrong about that.
0: Well, I would look at that again because it. it, I agree. (laughs) with Misler that I think he's saying. I'm not
1: sure if that's what he said though. I I heard he said Moses wrote it. I I heard that Misler was saying Moses
0: did write it, but he's saying that Moses and all the prophets got the information from jesus i don't know
1: if i would say in insp- i would say inspiration <laughs> well, inspiration I that's
0: a, i guess we're getting into it i don't think
1: jesus dictated the uh i don't think that's what it's saying I, th- I think jesus is saying hey man you've been reading the old testament this whole time You're, you've been reading about me and you didn't realize it i'm the guy they wrote about the old testament is really pointing towards me you know because the people you know the Israelites were completely rebelled and failed basically, and he's the savior, you know. So um, I think that's kind of what he's saying. Um, Well, maybe just uh, that's the. I mean, just read it in context. They're walking down the road and they're asking him questions and stuff, and he's he said to them, he's he's saying that, you know, where's that verse again? Go back to the uh, the Luke uh, and to Luke and, and. well, let's check Does out it, a different uh, translation. One, yeah. Well, it's not a translation issue, really. But it's, a, it's a context issue. Because
0: on one of them is that it explains Moses and prophet. Um, so let me pull that up again. It's the end of 24. 24, 26 to 28. And the beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So the NIV says. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. So, it sounds yeah. to me like Jesus told them or explained to them what to write.
1: No. Them, them is the people he's talking to. He explained to them. He, he's not explaining to Moses and the prophets. Right now, at this moment, he's explaining to the people who are confused, who are the... Uh, I mean, um, so it starts from 24, verse 24. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb. Um, let's see here. Well, who is so I pulled up the King
0: James Version to see what it was. Well,
1: it's not a it, either translation is fine. In verse 15 they were talking and discussing together. Jesus drew near and went with them. So there's them. That's them. That's the them. That the them is always these people here. Okay. They, you know what I mean. Two of them, and then they're talking to Jesus. There's there's people talking to Jesus in this scene.
0: Yeah. So the, even and then Jesus the explained, the... Jesus
1: explained some things to them.
0: To the two guys I, that were with him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what it's saying. That's my. That's what I believe. I mean, you can believe something well, I mean, I'm not yeah, sure I mean, that's what I mean, Missler I mean. said. I'm not sure that's what Miss I, th- I heard G- Missler say Moses at the end. Not, maybe he said to- Jesus. Let's,
0: I'm going to play the last. I mean,
1: I, I you know, I don't, I'm not too concerned with what that guy says, to be honest.
0: Well, just to clarify, let's just see what he said towards the end. There
1: it does say here Moses wrote it,
3: and here's the key verse for us right now. And beginning at what Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures. Things concerning himself, not just of the study of the entire world. I love that line. It says he was crucified on a cross of wood, but he made the hill on which it stood. They drew near to the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, fight with us." We're toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went into tarry The rebuttal of the documentary hypothesis comes from none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got no problem as to who wrote. The Torah. The books of Moses. Jesus told you. You ought to know. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you got bigger problems got who authored
1: the Torah. He's saying Moses wrote. I think in context, Missler's talking about the documentary hypothesis that says all these different people wrote and compiled together, you know, Genesis, uh, the first five books of the Bible, but he's saying... Hey, look, Jesus just says Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. I think that's what he's mm-hmm. saying in context. Go to go to verse 44 in Luke, same chapter. So now he's talking to his disciples. And he, okay, these are the said. words which I spoke to you while I was with you. All the things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So he's kind of saying the same thing. Like, hey, I'm in the Torah. I'm in the prophets and the Psalms. I'm throughout the Old Testament, which is basically basically saying the Old Testament um, you know, every every all the scripture they had up to that point was is this. So and he says the Moses- same thing in Matthew 5, says the same thing. He is the fulfillment of everything in the Old Testament. That's what he's explaining to them. Them meaning well, that the people. Part he's talking it to.
0: is easy to follow that Christ is in all of the
1: scriptures. I think that's all he's saying. I think that's all he's saying.
0: But then but- most to me, I don't see they were smart enough to write all this without but that's not what this is talking
1: them. about no it's inspired by God most definitely look at Moses Moses didn't know it God told Moses what to do every time you know
0: yeah as long as God told him what to write then that makes total sense right like otherwise it's
1: inspired yeah and some of the like did God come down and tell Paul right what to write I mean Paul was in Jesus Jesus he had that moment with Jesus and um I mean, that's a whole different topic of uh, divine inspiration. It doesn't mean dictation necessarily. You know, there's somehow, yeah, somehow, obviously, the Word of God is written by God, right? Yeah. But it's kind of, it's in in His way, in His uh, way of doing things that we cannot really comprehend necessarily. It's kind of indirect, but yet it's still there. You know, the guiding hand of God is there when people are writing Scripture. I believe. Yeah.
0: I mean, like they still allow each person and prophet to kind of write in their own way.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Information had to come from God. There was no way.
1: Yeah. So it's divinely, that's why it's, we consider it divinely inspired scripture.
0: Right.
1: You know, there's no contradictions, but I'm not sure that's what he's saying. Maybe that's part of his, the point he's making. Um, I guess, yeah, the point he's, he's making is he, I think basically he's saying, yeah, the you're, the scriptures are all about me he's saying which also implies there's a uh, it's written under divine inspiration
0: so we can come back to that topic but one of the things <laughs> i wanted there because i don't know if we're gonna solve it tonight but there's some few things we talked about last time about light you know how the um, certain things you were saying that the sun was created after the light was already created, right? So I just go yeah. over a couple of verses um, in Revelation that talked about light. So maybe that will help close some of that gap. So this is uh, Revelation 8, 12. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars. So the third of the third of them turned dark and a third of the day was without light and also third of the night i think you were correct when you said the sun was his own source of light and the moon was his own source of light uh but the mm-hmm. meaning that we uh really didn't discuss was that god's saying that he created light not the source of like the, the sun and the moon came after was yeah. only to reflect the light uh, or as a source, but the light itself is its own component. Like, I mean, it's like a yeah, zone thing yeah. in science. They can discover yeah. light, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, God created light before He created the sun, so the light can exist without the sun. Something like that, right?
0: Yeah, and there's another mm-hmm. verse. So this just says that you know the source of light. Later on in Revelation, they're going to be struck one third of it. That the, we're not going to get light from where that you lose. Part of the day, third of the day is going to turn. And up. this
1: could be somewhat, uh, I mean, Revelation has a lot of symbolic language. And verse verse one of Revelation tells us these these are signified by an angel to John, which kind of implies uh, signifying, kind of implies a symbol. And this is apocalyptic literature, which is full of all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, that for
0: sure. But- and there's millions
1: of ways to interpret it. So.
0: But the general, so how literal is it? You do know, do make that connection of first, oh, yeah, he created light, and then he's going to destroy it in the end, right? So,
1: the glory and, of God, yeah. So, yeah. The, the light is really the glory of God, right? Exactly, and he's always kind of described like that,
0: right? Because, uh, um, one of the questions, well, where does light come from? Like, I know God created it, God comes is from it? God, it, it, yeah. So this is uh, Revelation 21:23. The city does not need sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light. Yeah. And the lamb is the lamp. In, so in fact, in lamp. fact,
1: in fact, doesn't this relate to John the Gospel of John in a way, but also it relates to the first couple of days of creation. So yeah, this is, this is confirming that, that the first couple of days I think the sun was created on day four. So right. the first three days, there was no. Before the earth bad. did not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. At the beginning, yeah. in the beginning, the earth had light, but in the beginning, it didn't even need the sun or the moon. Those were given right. to us for signs and seasons. There was there that's kind of our little clock or calendar, but that's yeah, that's not the source of light. That's where so that's where the sun god worshippers get it wrong. They're worshiping this thing that God. They're worshiping the creation and not the creator. Yeah, and, light exactly. comes and, and, and God, I think it says somewhere that God is light, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, so God, this is the God other is, one yeah. that, uh, Revelation 22, 5, it says, uh, There will be no more night. They will not need light of the lamp or light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. So God himself will light up. Yeah,
1: and that that's like a temple. That's a, The whole world will be like the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Again. but No, but
0: what's interesting is that, like, he came in darkness, right? Because he had to form, create light in Genesis. And then in yep. Revelation, the very ending, the very ending, where we're now with him again, he is the source of light. There's no need for any other source. So he's getting rid of the sun and the moon um, and the stars. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, because they were created and you know, yeah, we're kind of the earth. Yeah, that's, and that's it's there's gonna be said. a new heaven, a new earth, and um yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, so we can see these things that that relate from Genesis yeah. to Revelation. It's it's consistent throughout.
0: Right. And, um, and- The other thing was like, okay, it's peaceful beginning in Genesis, his creation, like he's having a good time and he's saying everything is good when he's done with each day, like it's good. And then towards the end, it's like chaos, you know, like everything is like falling apart and, you know, so much violence at the end. So that's another contrast from beginning to end and how before he creates the new earth. So yeah, and right
1: away after the fall, you see, uh, you see the Cain and Abel story, right? You got your first murder pretty soon after the fall, and chaos descends into the world because of Satan's deception and temptation. And um, yes. but yeah, God, God overcame that darkness and that void, that abyss. God overcame that and created life and created order and light. The light overcame the darkness. That was like God. Uh, Conquering the uh, the satanic world of uh, darkness and anti life, like Satan is anti life. God is 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 pro pro humanity, pro life, and that's uh, well, yeah, a good point.
0: He did all of this for us, so they can't be like alien races and species outside of our planet coming to save us, because I think that's the big deception going on right now.
1: But there's Maybe. angels, though. See, these angels, exist. I believe these angels exist because we're told that they do, right?
0: Angels exist, yes. Those are the aliens. The Those
1: are the aliens.
0: Right. Well, the fallen the angels, right? Because the good yeah. angels are not, they're still with God. They're not going to.
1: Yeah. Um, but you could still think of them up. as aliens from because right. they're not from this world. They're f- outside of Earth. They're not from Earth. They're not but, created from the dust. They're not created, right? Animals, all the life on Earth is created from the the Earth,
0: the dust, right? The ground.
1: And and these angels are not that way. They're they're different, and they're immortal. Yeah. So those are the aliens. So 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 you know I you know I believe I can use I can use the word angel and an alien uh, synonymously in my mind. That's how that works. Although yes. I know I understand that Hollywood well, has a angels. different view. There is a movie that they made a movie called uh Aliens and Demons or something or uh, yeah. no Cowboys versus Aliens but of in that course. movie they called the aliens demons.
0: Yeah, that I agree with. Cuz it I was cuz it was
1: before the propaganda of the science yeah. fiction uh mythology.
0: Well, you know what's been, been happening lately? Stuff. They've been uh really promoting the aliens have landed somewhere like
1: L.A. I, just, I saw something this morning. It was Las Vegas, and then and the guy's name was Angel. Yeah. The guy. Well, Los the, Angeles. So there's <laughs> so another one?
0: The, even the name of Los Angeles, the City of Angels. City
1: of Angels, yeah. yeah. And you got, that's where all the Hollywood deception comes from. So maybe that's a hint, you know, C- City of Fallen Angels. You know? Yeah,
0: there's a lot of propaganda. Well. There's a
1: lot. I just saw something this morning, you know, they were saying, uh. You know, they—they they did. It, I think it was a total hoax. You know, total psyop actor. But he's this government guy saying, "Oh yeah, the aliens and the government knows all about them, and they have to disclose it now." And the the only the, he was saying the only issue is how to disclose it, not to disclose it or not. So it sounds like there will be this kind of quote unquote disclosure. And um, and he also said he he just kind of threw in there and they've been here a long time. You know. <laughs> But he's right uh, you know in a way he's right if if you think aliens are demons then he's right, right. Hey, they have been here a long time a Satan, yeah, I you could think they of want to satan out as the satan is alien
0: they want to out the demons they don't like say they, because they're using they are going to be
1: our gods they're going to be our yeah. new gods and we're going to have to become like them and with a certain injection or something who knows but uh i think they'll do it i think they'll they're going to do the alien narrative
0: sure. well that's why and, i think
1: uh, maybe uh
0: to know so, that it is the fallen angels,
1: it is. Um, that's yeah. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah,
0: I see Lulu in the background there. Yeah. So we covered. Oh
1: yeah, I think he two. he wants to go out.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, so the next one is going to be super exciting. I'm I I've been waiting around. I I already had some clips of Satan worship. That's what they've been doing in their concert to the Taylor Swift videos. and.
1: Oh, yeah. And they don't uh, know it, really. That's the thing. A lot of modern day Satan worship is people don't, they don't consciously know that's what they're doing, probably. You know what I mean? They don't even believe Satan is real, you know? So, they don't even know. But I think by, we'll talk about it next week, but yeah. I think by default, we come under the influence and authority of Satan. Just because he's more powerful than we are, you know. he's
0: Well, he's a um, prince of the air, so I guess he got his platform to say whatever. Yeah,
1: without God protecting us, we're just sitting ducks, you know, yeah. like Adam and Eve were, you know, uh, left to our Absolutely. own devices.
0: Well, wonderful. So I look forward to talking to you next Friday, same time, same place.
1: All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Have a good weekend. Have a
0: good week. Right.
2: Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye.